Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. This is episode 269, and I am joined with my, I'm joined with, by, whatever. I'm joined, <laughs> I am joining, I am having um, Josh Lewis on the show today, and I'm really excited. Oh, so Amy, uh, sorry, we're already having, so we always come early, and we talk to people in the chat, and so we find out where everybody's from. So if you want to do that, it would be great. Like David just popped in. He's in Seattle. Um, so you can always come a little bit early or you can always come live if you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on iTunes or wherever you're getting your podcast. But Jason Frostholm said, shouldn't she be in school? She should. She is taking a uh, mental health day from high school. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, <laughs> she just kind of had a rough week this week, so she needed to, a day, day to, to recover. We, we need hump day. So Drew Posk, I, I'm so bad, Drew, and you have such a cool last name. It's Posa, I believe. Don't kill Posa. me, Drew. Drew's That's a good it. friend. That's right. So, <laughs> and Drew is amazing as well. All right. So we have a bunch of people here. Please feel free to pop in and let us know where you're coming in from. Um, happy to have you guys. And so we're going to get into, we're going to actually, um, Josh has kind of helped me reformat a little bit. So we're going to try to keep it an hour. We have, we've planned it. So we're going to try. So um, Drew, I'm not Drew, Drew's in the chat. I'm going to turn it over. Josh, I want you to tell us a little bit about your background because you worked as a designer for yep. a long time and you're in Colorado Springs, if anybody uh, wants to know. And then you then went freelance and really kind of were focusing uh, on how you were able to do that as well as what has kept you going. Because a lot of times in bad economies, we just go back to working. And sometimes we have to do all kinds of things, but you've had really good success with some of your personal projects and those personal projects have really helped you grow. And so that's what we're really yeah. talking on today and just the power of those. So give us a little bit of a background. Yeah, quick, Chris, I'm gonna go at breakneck speed. So here we go. Um, oh, first off, thanks for having me on. I'm long time whatever, long time listener, first time caller. I don't know what you say there, but thank you so much. Um, thanks for everybody else that's joining. It means a lot. Um, it really does. Uh, so I, <clears throat> I am 36 years old and I have a 15 year, almost 15 year old daughter. So that means I got started really young. My wife and I got married. I was 19. She was 20. Uh, my first son was born a year later. And, um, that kind of lit a fire at my butt to go back to school, pursue graphic design. Um, my daughter was born 14 months later. And so that really just kind of lit a fire to pursue what I uh, pursue a career. Um, and so I was fortunate enough to get a job one year into going to school. So yeah, I, I ended up working 12 years in the corporate world before going out freelance at two large nonprofits. And um, the first one I worked for five years, I worked on a, um, primarily worked on a kids radio show uh, called Adventures in Odyssey. And if you grew up in the deep within the Christian subculture of the 80s and 90s, you might have heard of it. Um, not everybody does though, but I was able to cut my teeth with design. We had a great team there, did a ton of things that you could do. Just about everything you can do in design. I was able to do from like packaging to trade show to in-store uh, displays to web work, 
motion design, just about everything. So it was just a great first job. Um, and then I went and worked on, uh, worked at a place called Compassion International, which is a, I, the easiest way to explain a child sponsorship organization that doesn't do it justice, but um, great organization with a, you know, just great mission behind what they did. And I did, I was there for about um, seven years and there was transition from my creative director from the first job to the second job. He moved over there and then like within, I don't know, eight months there was a job or so uh, open. And then I was able to transition there thinking that I was going to be giving up creating for kids. And um, he had three kids projects lined up for me from the get go. And one of those was a children's magazine that was just starting to launch. None of the creative had been done yet. And so I was able to help launch uh, Compassion Explorer magazine that's still going today. Um, friend of mine, Ben Liu, is the art director for that now, and he's doing a great job. But I was able to help launch that, get that going. And um, yeah, at, <laughs> there's a lot of complications there that uh, I don't really fully want to get into just for the sake of time. No worries. But, but you started doing personal projects while you were still working. Yes, I did. Okay. So, um, and you were we, doing some freelance. And I was doing a little freelance, but mostly the, the main, the main gig. And so basically how that came out is, um, I wasn't working on the kids magazine. Um, they had hired a, org chart things inside where I was outside of the main magazine team. They hired a full-time person to take on both magazines and they wanted to make sure they got the right person for the main compassion magazine. The kids magazine was kind of like a nice to have thing. And so I found myself not working on the, the magazine anymore and it was kind of a, a blow. Um, and, um, I, I kind of struggled with that for a while. And then, the department that I was working in, we found ourselves going from servicing the whole organization all the way to just focusing on direct marketing, doing lots of emails, flowing letter into letterhead. There were some opportunities every now and then, but you just kind of like sucking your soul. It was, it was, and I can't complain because I was honestly, I was able to provide for my family. Right. Um, you know, I was still being able to do something design related. And I did learn things in that as far as like when you're going for a direct sale, what types of things you do versus like big picture advertising and marketing, which I had come out of those different departments. So, but you knew some something in your, in your, in you, in your gut, in your heart, that this wasn't where, what you were called to be doing. Right. Yes. <laughs> and so, um, just, a, just some, you know, there's kind of like, there's just those having those setbacks. Um, I was just battling depression, anxiety, and, um, and my whole department was struggling, just truth be told. Um, mm -hmm. And um, it was kind of out of that, those career setbacks, out of frustration, and um, that I knew I had to do something with kids. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> I had this idea to illustrate the solar system. How hard could that be? Um, <laughs> like did you always like space? I did. I, I grew up in the eighties and nineties. So like sp we would sit around those little tube TVs with like the little strap around on the cart. We'd sit and watch the shuttle launches. And that's when like Voyager one and two NASA missions, like visited the outer solar system. And we were seeing the outer solar system, like Neptune and Uranus for the first time. Sorry, I have to giggle a little bit. I just said Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and, uh, and so that was kind of a passion of mine and my kids had been started to work, you know, going back to school and there was the whole thing about Pluto and dwarf planets <laughs> and all that. And so That's what Doc got, says. he yeah. said back when Pluto was a legit planet. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Legit the number nine. Um, but yeah, so my kids were going back and I was kind of getting, uh, learning about it in school. And so I was just getting back into that passion. And so I kind of had this idea cause I'd been doing some app development with this, the magazine that I was working on and some other things. And I was thinking, Oh, it'd be so cool to do like a space app. But like I sat on that for like two years and then realized I needed it to be more like a, a website cause that was more doable for me. And more it's a lot easier to get somebody to click to a website than to download an app yes. wait for the download and all that so um but it was honestly it freaked me out because it was just this huge amount of work and so like i didn't get going on it I had the idea for two years before i actually started <laughs> this project and that was like almost five years ago <laughs> okay like thanksgiving of 2013 is when i first started making progress on it so making the illustrations or? Yeah, so okay. the idea was to illustrate the solar system and then put it into a website. The, the audience was kids, but so it would have an illustration of the object and then some fun facts, just really brief. Um, yeah, and so. And so the, how did you promote this or how did you show the side project? So were you sharing this online? Was it, how, yeah. how were you getting it out? Um, so that, this was like my first, um, I don't know how, what do you say? This is my first time like really promoting over social media. I had been on dribble, but that was about it. And so I was posting a planet, like two or three of them a week. And then that would have a link to the web page that they can go and find out. So, um, that's when I got into Instagram and, uh, Facebook and I had Facebook and Twitter, but I was making more of an official go as a person online, I guess. That's pretty cool. So then you were doing this, you were doing two or three a week. Were you re showing different angles or, <laughs> or you just did it and then you were done in three weeks? Um, I was, yeah, I think it took a little bit longer than that. I took a break in the middle of it. So the key, the whole key to that whole project was I sat down with a friend of mine who is an amazing planner um, April, she, uh, like we sat for like three hours and like, I basically had this at the end of it, I had this blueprint for this entire project. <laughs> no <laughs> so that's way. where like a little help from your friends goes a long way. And if it wasn't yeah, collaborating. Me, yeah. And she was asking me questions of stuff I wasn't even thinking about, like resource gathering and, um, <laughs> like, what do you need to do? Like website, you know, domain names and so you just sat down and hashed the whole thing out from like creative to like the practical stuff of getting it out there as well as planning for social. So, so these were just, it was just a website and it had fun facts that obviously a teacher could use or an, uh, yeah. a kid interested in the solar system. So how does it go from that to making a book and then making an app? Cause I do think making an app is, would be great, but that's a lot more content, <laughs> right? And there's a yeah. lot, there's a lot of other things. So I don't know if you want to jump into that. Um, but I know, so for, for you, when did freelance come into this? 
So um, I, I've been on my own now for a little, a little over two years. So I had pushed that site out and it basically came to a point where I knew I had applied for like 40 positions over two years of just trying to find something that was in the sweet spot of kids stuff mm. and um, art directors for magazine or whatever. I had two interviews and that was it. So at some point it really came apparent, like if I want to pursue children's um, design and illustration, which is really my sweet spot, I had to kind of carve out my own thing and go, uh, go the freelance route. Um, and so it took about a year and a half before I could go out. And so my wife and I were saving the goal was three to six months. And then we would have, we'd have setbacks like her car died. We had to buy a car, <laughs> pay that off, you know, just a couple other things, house, you know, flooding and having to replace floors downstairs. And, you know, that's, <laughs> and, uh, so it took a while to get there, and um, but I had the opportunity to uh, to launch out on my own. Um, basically, my whole department we we had this. We got pulled into a room and said, "You can either go through an evaluation for eight weeks uh, to see if you're a good fit with direct mail, or you can leave um, with severance." So that was kind of my my wife was like, "Yes." <laughs> go. <laughs> and I just, it just kind of freaked me out. I, I have, you know, I'm married, we have three kids total. So it's just not like something that I can just wing, you know, it's something that I, it took planning, <laughs> building up savings. And we were about three months savings at that time. And then that just helped us like ease into things. And so um, but I had clients built up. I had clients built up. So was your wife working as well at this time? She was working part-time and then like probably six weeks after my last day, we found out that she had um, got uh, an interview for a job that's a full-time job with Benefit where she works now. So that is the key to this whole thing is that she's got a job with um, Benefits. So that kind of alleviates that, you know, pressure for having, you know, being able to get, bring in enough money and then bringing enough for benefits too. So. so perfect timing. It was yes. just perfect timing and you had built up enough clients, but I think sometimes with freelance illustration, it feels like, and I don't know cause I'm not a freelance illustrator, but it feels like a lot of that kind of work is done on a freelance basis. They're not doing full time as a full time illustrator with a company. Is that right or wrong? Yeah, it really depends. For the most part, it is that that is hired. And a lot of it too comes down to style, unless you kind of have developed a house style. I mean, it really just depends on your art output as far as what, how much illustration you need. I do know um, some like um, companies like um, Asana and Lyft, they have, you know, in-house illustrators. So it just depends on how much volume of work you need and if you're developing right. a house style. But a lot of times with like picture books or one-off projects, you really are trying to find um, the right person who's a good fit for the story, the piece that you're working on. So you have flexibility to pick and choose who you want. Right. So when you're um, figuring all this out, so you go, you have your severance, your wife got the benefits taken care of, you have three kids. How old were your kids at this time? Uh, 2016. So that would have been 
14, 13, and uh, 9. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm making you do math. That's a really mean, mean thing to do during yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So how had you always done personal projects? Like even when you were working and you were doing kids stuff at work or were, was a personal project? I always kind of wonder of this uh, about this. I know I didn't ask you this. No, that's okay. No, I, I was like aimless. Like um, I just drew, but nothing like super organized or it was just kind of like sketching a meeting. What about style? Now, were you consistent on a style? So one of the things that, um, when I was art directing that children's night, uh, compassion explorer, there was opportunity for me to do some illustration. And I, the first ones I did were awful. <laughs> and they, and if I showed them on screen, you would think that they were awful too. Um, but that was just a way for me to, con, um, cut my teeth and hone my mm -hmm. style. So just every, and it came out three times a year. So it wasn't like all the time, but it helped me hone in on my style, having something that was, that was uh, regular. And so then, um, yeah. And then I just kind of drew, I did a little bit here or there. I started out with the Intuos, which I could never make the leap from like hands separated from the screen. That just was a huge setback for me. But so then when did you, so you're doing sketchbooks or things like that, but when did it become a personal project and was it something that was missing in your job and you wanted to do this or was it about the transition that you were thinking about? Cause it sounds like you might not have been a planner, but maybe your wife was cause you were planning and you were saving or I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe so, you were too, but the space, I, the idea for that, the our solar system website was really the first time I had to pull myself together and get tasks done and have it on the calendar. That was the first time. And that was just so that literally the thought behind that was it's been a year since I've really worked on kids stuff. I need to keep having things in my portfolio that can get the type of work mm. if I apply for a job. So I was, my whole thought process there was just to get another job, but still have actively working on some children's work. And that was really it. But it was really, I look back now and that was kind of that center point where I took ownership that I'm going to work for me, that I'm going to, it's okay to like do what you're hired to do. Um, you know, but if I'm going to work hard, um, I am going to go and, uh, I'm going to go work on my, you know, I'm going to work nights and weekends for my own thing. And so that I look back at that and that was kind of the catalyst of just kind of taking ownership over the type of, uh, future and the type of work that I wanted to do. So if you started producing that or, or launched in 2016 and you started two years before, 2014. Okay. So then you really had the idea 2012, but you really hadn't worked on it until 2000. Yeah, basically. How long yeah. did it take you? How long did that personal project, did you have a deadline? I did. And so I, I worked about 75% of it done ahead of time just so that life happens. So right. you have to, um, you kind of just have to plan ahead. And so, um, I started it uh, right after Thanksgiving and I was probably 75% done in at the beginning of March end of February, beginning of March, so a few months, but I was trying to learn style and how to use like brushes and, and mm -hmm. things like that. So I was really 
trying to get better at um, illustration and I was doing the branding and then like the web design isn't amazing, but it, it's something that worked for that project. And um, so just trying to get all those parts and pieces. So I was trying to do something simple, but I made it way, I just made it way too complicated, but it did what it needed to do. <laughs> all right. So the solar system project was your first one, mm -hmm. um, right? That was the first. Yeah. It project. was really the first one that was substantial. And it is substantial. So there's the website, there's all these illustrations. You were doing these um, uh, promotions or posts. Yeah. So yeah. after you posted it once, you didn't post it again, or would you post it again? No, I just kind of went through 22 posts and went from there. And this is my first time online. So like my expectations versus reality were <laughs> very different, <laughs> even though I'm like, don't get too excited. But like, I don't, you know, I think these, these personal projects don't have to be these wild successes that we see online. And so sometimes we, we see, you know, these daily dishonesties and I'm sure we could name a ton of them that just like take way off and are, um, and for me, that's just not the case. But what was great about that is it laid the foundation for, I met people uh, uh, through that project. So made some um, friends um, I started gaining a, a small following through that and um, yeah. And then it led to other, other things. Um, but I want to back up and talk about my son in that project before we get too far into that, just otherwise we're going to miss it. So my oldest son, Micah has uh, he's on the autism spectrum. So he has Asperger's and um, he is hyper-focused on what he's interested in. And so just trying to connect with him, is difficult sometimes just because he's um, hyper-focused about Lego or, um, <laughs> you know, uh, science or history or whatever. And um, he knows a lot of dates and facts and things, but he won't just naturally bring things up. And so the first post of the, the our solar system was the sun. And so at this point, he did not initiate conversation. He's kind of always been behind and speech and has a had a speech therapist and so at this point he could communicate his own thoughts but he never initiated conversation and so i post that first one i walk in the door after work and my and micah goes dad check your computer and my wife and i are like what <laughs> like who is this kid and so i'm like okay i better go check this out because this is super important and on my uh imac back there <laughs> he had built a, uh, in Lego Digital Designer, which is this program that you build Lego in 3D and you have like access to all the pieces and all that. And so he had built a sun out of like trans translucent Lego pieces on the computer. And so it's like, whoa, like we had this connection over space. And he did about a third of the posts. He built his own little thing. And so just one of those things that I was able to connect with my son through art and I would have never thought that was, that was possible. So that was just a, a great surprise. And I just kind of think about, did you already know he was into space? Not totally. Um, he studied it in school. He kind of looked at some of the facts that I was doing. He threw one fact out, but just to like look at the art that I was doing and then to, you know, make his version of it out of Lego just kind of like that's just some that whole project with him is something that I'm just going to cherish the rest of my life because it's just that point of, and and if for those of you that don't have kids with Aspergers or autism like that is that is a big deal to just have a connection like that. Right, that's awesome. 
so and you're getting a bunch of feels over there in the oh. um <laughs> in the chat for sure <laughs> yeah it hits me in the feels too doc <laughs> so so as you're doing this he he ended up creating some more uh, a lot of them in the computer as well you would post right. And then he would do that. So it yeah. was this automatic kind of connection. Like ongoing for the, you know, whatever month, month and a half that we were doing it. Did you already have a telescope at this point? I did not. Okay. No. So when, when do you decide, hey, we're getting a telescope? I was, I, I feel so ashamed, but it was actually given to me, but I've always wanted one. If somebody was like, we don't use it. You want it? I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> so we got that probably, I don't know, three years ago or so, but. Okay. Yeah. So jumping, just a jump forward to like, uh, like a year after the project was done, I got a, um, a direct message from the art director at Highlights Magazine, Patrick. And he's like, hey, see your space stuff. You want an assignment? And I was just like, what? <laughs> mm. um, just, and that's the first time I ever got a job and one of the rare times I've gotten a job through Twitter. So um, I was so blown away by that. So I did space stuff for like the first uh, two years with them. So this is like the fourth year working with them and I get like two or three assignments each year. And so just so, so bizarre and surreal, <laughs> just having something from my childhood. My parents took me to the dentist. So I know what highlights <laughs> is. <laughs> we actually got them. We ordered them. We had them. We have the hardbacks. Oh, nice. Oh, they are nice, but I have a question. So with, so you're new to posting at this point, did you mm -hmm. use hashtags? How did Patrick find you? I don't know. I did <laughs> use hashtags, but I think it's just enough. He is like one of those guys that's on the ball. Like the talent that he puts in each issue is just mind blowing. Um, Scott's one of those guys, <laughs> Scott Soder. Um, and, uh, and, uh, so I think he's always looking. So I think it's like having conversations on Twitter, you know, you're somehow connected with these right. other artists. And so you sort of pop up and, um, that's the only thing I can put together. So, <laughs> okay. So, so let me ask this question. So you are, you've done this a year later, you get a job. What happens in the in-between? Sorry. Are you still, um, doing another personal project? Was it space related? What was the next project and how soon? Because sometimes when you're working freelance, you feel like you can't do the personal projects. You've just got to make the, pay the bills. You've got to do this. And so I feel like sometimes it's worse when you have, but this is one of the things that you and I talked about that I think is one of your strong points is that you actually make time and that's part of the strategy right. of how you do your day right? Or how you yeah. do your week. So can you kind of take us, so we know that you get a job after a year, but what, what happened to the in-between? You post, you do all 22, whatever yeah. they are, and then what happens? Well, I was still working full time. So I was just trying okay. to, uh, I was, I was in building freelance up. I was, um, so I kind of stopped and didn't, not necessarily, I still did little things here or there, but it wasn't like a personal project that you'd see later on. And so really it was space um, and then space nothing and then for a go, little bit. Go, go freelance. And that was kind okay. of the goal. And I was still getting like some illustration projects to kind of build up and practice um, for those, uh, for those times. But like right after I, um, a few months after I uh, went out on my own as a freelance, I got 
the telescope that was given to me, that company, their creative director reached out to me and said, would you be interested in a children's astronomy book? And I was like, what? <laughs> yes. And so that was, they, she had seen my regular, the personal project, the, the work from that. And then there was credibility built in through highlights. And so she was just like, you're our guy, you know, and we kind of worked out the contract and the, the payment and all that. And, uh, and you were actually reworked a lot of the illustrations. I right, did because I had grown so much. It had been like, two, two and a half years. And so I was just like, I'd like to give it, I, I couldn't stray too far because it, she really liked Andrea. The uh, corrector really liked that style. But what was cool about that is I was able to introduce kids and a spaceship and they got to fly around the solar system and then look through telescopes and do all these stars and um, things like that. So it was just kind of that extra layer of storytelling, subtle storytelling on top of the facts that were there. So so, so my friend Kim Pinella, who I've had on before, and she loves space. So this is totally up her alley. <laughs> so, okay. So, um, as these, so you you're still working. So then you you take the severance and you still go out freelance. When what's the next personal project? And um, tell me about the bite sized books. I'm trying to get you there. I know. Thank you. I told you to give me signals. I'm not reading them. Um, <laughs> No can, um, yeah. Um, should we, uh, share some screen? That would be awesome. We would love to see stuff. And, uh, Paige says, I know this is random, but I love your Disney Pixar shelf. Oh yes. Hey, good eyes. There's also some Looney Tunes thrown in there, which is my true, my true passion. That's what I grew up on. And Star Wars and Chick-fil-A. And Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to jump in here. Um, so this is the solar system site. Um, there was a navigation to navigate through it. And then that was the individual page design. This um, we'll is have the a, one you built for you, not the, the, connected the before. to the book. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, from there I repurposed some of the art and did, um, cotton bureau runs. So this was early on oh, in man. cotton bureau. And so I, both of these were successfully produced, um, the Jupiter one had three runs and then Saturn had one. So just kind of taking vector art mm. of what I had already created. There we go. Ooh. And then this was a poster that I created. So taking the art and making a poster, I, I did this 2015. So three years ago. And so I still have, I still have like a hundred for sale, <laughs> but I keep, they keep trickling in. Like I've sold two this week. So you can um, so get them on joshjlewis.com. Is that right? It's on my Etsy shop, but you, you, yeah. So bookers, you didn't send me that. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> Sorry. It's I'll on my it website up. in okay. the top right corner. There's an Etsy logo. Okay. I'll I believe so. In. So Josh J Lewis, L E W I S.com. Just for anybody who's listening. Oh, doc, put it in there. Thank you. Thanks doc. And then this is the, some of the highlights work that I've worked on. So space maze, I did the maze as well, which, about lost my mind in the middle of it because it's <laughs> complicated, um, but super rewarding work. And then let's see here. This is that children's astronomy book, mm -hmm. uh, Exploring the Cosmos. So it's a lot of the same style. So once I kind of established that style, it was asked that, you know, it's kind of that mix between like modern, but, you know, not photorealistic. It still has a style, but you can still use it to teach off of. And that was kind of one of the goals of the project anyway. Just it to looks kind of realistic to me. 
I mean, I, I'm <laughs> it's, not, not it's not NASA approved. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it looks awesome. And so there's some of the uh, spread from that about Mars. Hmm. Um, and then Uranus, because I'm 12 and I have to giggle. Um, <laughs> and you're showing the guy's bottom. Yeah, well, the, the girls, but yeah. Oh, girls. And a little spaceship there. Um, yeah, and so I'm going to... So that was good. And then this was just from a uh, art show that I was able to do at our local Barnes and Noble. Um, that was very science heavy. It was called science rules. And these are two of like the six pieces that I had, but very um, data heavy. And so I had to do all the research, which makes it just maybe four times as complicated because you're trying to make it accurate and beautiful and mm -hmm. trying to put it all together. Man, and that then, sun looks awesome. Yeah. So I actually went back and I was like, I can do a better sun. I can make it look glow. I, you know, I can get it rendered a lot better. Um, and what are so, you making these in? How are you? Are you illustrating uh, an illustrator? Are you in Photoshop? What are you doing? Okay. So it's kind of a combo of both illustrator and Photoshop. I kind of came out of illustrator. Mm -hmm. And then once I discovered Kyle T Webster brushes, it was like, I am full on going into Photoshop because this makes sense to me. It was the first time I had brushes mm -hmm. that actually felt natural media. So, um, so like the sun so this is like the, both of these posters are a com combination of Illustrator, Photoshop, and InDesign, um, InDesign for layout. And so right. um, with the sun, I start with the circle in Illustrator, and then like the little cut in is in Illustrator, and then I pull it into Photoshop to add all the, the rendering. And I've, in this one, I've used a bunch of different types of brushes to get the feel just so that it would look accurate. But so that's it's just kind of using the program for whatever's appropriate for its use. I love it. You yeah. And then like lots of loves. And this is where my design background comes into. Um, just, uh, you know, slaptastic Rocky <laughs> Rourke. So I had already, I had done a couple of other stickers. He had seen my space stuff. And uh, then he asked me to do an entire pack. And this was like this past January. So being able to, incorporate like some badges and then that's Uranus laughing at itself. <laughs> I had a feeling that because <laughs> <laughs> again, I'm 12 and I I've tried to give talk about it with a straight face and I just can't. <laughs> All right. So doc has a question real quick. I think sure. this goes back to your son. Um, are the solar flares in illustrator as well, or are they painted with Kyle's brushes? That is not a Kyle brush. That is a pencil brush in, um, the like the Photoshop like 3D pencil brush just so that I could kind of get a little bit of a drag and trying to get those curves right mm. is kind of a pain but I felt like I could get more stylization and more character within my uh, within Photoshop because if I some things that I trace in Illustrator they tend to go a little flatter so mm -hmm. so I needed that I needed to build up the glow and so you kind of need a little bit of gradation in between each thing right. All right, so, um, and Kim says she's never used the 3D brushes in Photoshop. What's the difference between just the regular and 3D? Is that so, something else you have to download, or is that something else? No, no, no. It's, it's, it's one of those, if you see in the top, one of the top corners, it basically, it's not just like, it's not working from like a flat image. It's actually working from like a tip. The and angle? As you, as you rotate your stylus, it kind of motivate. it kind of moves around. So if you like went on the side, you can get kind of like the side shading. So you were, you were saying earlier with the Intuos, that Wacom tablet, 
you couldn't get the the it just never connected in your brain, which I think a lot of people have that issue. Did you end up getting one of the Wacom's, the Cintiqs that you can yeah. draw on? Okay. Much later, I actually illustrated the entire solar system project on my Intuos and about lost my mind, but um, but I did get a Cintiq. I'm trying to think. Um, it was before I left. I think it was that that when I made that decision, like I need to go out on my own is when I got a Cintiq and just kind of saved. That was kind of like that first big purchase after I was saving money. I'm like, I'm going to save for a Cintiq and I got one and then I'm just going to pour into this because this is where my, where I'm headed. So when you did this project, the original project, you were still working. When you did the book, were you freelance full time? I was freelance. Yeah. Okay. So they, they contacted me a few months afterwards. And so that I would not have been able to do that book working full time. And that's right. one of the great things about, um, freelance is that I can take on those bigger projects um, that I want. So like how long did that project take that book? I think we started in beginning of April and I think I handed stuff over at the end of July. That was like my main gig during that time. I still had some smaller stuff. So I was able, it was a lot easier the second, you know, doing that the second time around because I kind of knew the style, I knew everything else and I was building kids and characters. So I was able to be a lot more efficient the second with that. But space is only part of it. It's just, yes. it's just one interest. So tell us about, okay, keep going. <laughs> this is my next one. Um, this, this was like two years ago now. And uh, I wanted to do more illustration work uh, for, for like games. And so I don't know, I was, it was like right around Thanksgiving and this, idea of making a buddy the elf candy land basically just would not get out of my head and so i actually researched online to see if i could produce it and that was kind of like i was trying to get myself off the hook of having to do it because <laughs> it was just like you don't have time for this right just keep go you know just keep going chugging along and it just wouldn't go out of my head so i found a manufacturer to like produce they like specialize in kickstarter mm -hmm. uh, i think it's like boardgamemakers.com and so i sent five i illustrated it within like a couple of weeks um during thanksgiving just because it was just downtime and sent it off and it was like a client gift for real did you make more than one i made 15 <laughs> wow and uh so it like it does exist wow so, <laughs> can we get that on your etsy too yeah, sorry. I need to... No, I'm too afraid of cease and desists. But um, but I, I sent this to like some board game makers too. Okay. Uh, I heard back from one, but it has. I just got a freelance gig that they saw this on Behance, and they're doing a Kickstarter for a board game. So I just signed on to do that. So it definitely has gotten work. It's definitely gotten a lot of interest and follows and stuff. Um, this one's more recent with. Uh, cereal of summer <laughs> where the uh, i'm a sucker for these old mascots and so i just for me with like personal projects it's and fan art it's easy to just like copy a pose and do whatever else and then um but i wanted to come up with a concept and so the cereal is their flotation device and i just sometimes you need those personal projects where you just need to be free and explore and and that that was it for me because i was coming out of burnout and just like and I just needed that to just kind of help <laughs> recover me from my soul. And then I want to like speed things up super quick, Diane. Sorry. 
You got to get to your points. He has these 10 points for us. So my son uh, wrote a story in English class. There's supposed to be an assignment about a boy in the French Revolution and trying to empathize. And empathy is not the strong suit of kids with autism. <laughs> so um, just it, it takes them a long way to get there. And so he wrote this crazy, wacky story about the tastiest bun of all. And it gets a little bit Grim Brothers. So I knew that I had to illustrate it. And I was originally thinking of like doing a magazine layout. And, um, and I did it that way. And then last minute, I decided to do Instagram and realized that it was a great format to tell stories in like that 10 image carousel and that you could put the words right on the screen. And I sat on that for like a year <laughs> before I came up with my most recent one, which is a bite-sized book, um, which is, I'm trying, my first goal is to do three of these books and then kind of figure out what I do after that. So I just finished the first one, but it's that format of front cover, eight pages. So they're quick stories told in eight pages. And then there's like a back cover, which is like a little about. And so I just posted the second story that my son also kind of Grimm Brothers like at the end. <laughs> but, you know, and he has, you know, he's, he's a junior this year. And so he wrote both of these stories when he was a freshman. It just took me a, a while to like get them on the schedule and have them scheduled out and everything else. And so um, he's really wanting to be a Lego designer, uh, Lego master builder. Um, and he's super good at that, but I think he would be an awesome creative writer for kids just because he has weird, wacky stories. And so high school, is, I, high school is awkward enough for me. And just with him, just just want to say like, hey, those weird, wacky things, that, you, that those stories that are in your head, if, you actually, if they were actually illustrated and done well, you know, there's a place for them in this world. And just to try to encourage him that, you know, he is unique, but he has a place. So the, I, I love that. I, and I love that you're giving him this other thing. Sometimes we, we uh, run away from the things that maybe are a natural talent, especially in that high school to college kind of. Um, right. Or the gap year for Dave Clayton over in the UK. So, oh my gosh, gap years are great. <laughs> so I have a question. So these bite-sized books, these are meant for social media. These are meant yes. for, right? They're not printed. It's that you would get, again, it could be a chapter book and then it, you just, people have to keep yeah. waiting back, but it's another way of kind of um, telling a story. One, you're telling it in 10 panels, but, um, but the people could use this, but you've kind of created this so that you're telling a story instead of it just being like right. a panel cartoon. So that's the kind of the idea behind it. Right. And I think I branded it too, just so that it feels like a thing. So for me, it was like, it helped me get going. So like, okay, this is a real project. This is just as important as some, you know, client work is going to come first when it comes down to it, but I'm going to schedule that right with. So like in my project management software, I have my stuff scheduled for these projects and time carved out. So, but this was just a way you got to put the work in your portfolio that you want to do. And so I've done, I've illustrated um, four picture books so far. Um, but I, I have a lot to learn and a lot to grow in and it just, you know, I've done one or two a year, mm -hmm. uh, the last couple years. And so it's just a way for me to, um, continue to have stuff to be able to put in my portfolio. And each one I'm like, I have like, like with Rudy, Rudy's flight, it was color and it was, um, 
character design. And so just kind of hyper-focused on a couple of things. And Drew Poza says, um, the bite-sized stuff took you to the next level. Oh, thanks, Drew. I'm trying, man. I need all the help I can get. Um, so what's helped? Yeah. So let's go through a couple of these kind of speed round, speed round questions. And then I want you to get to your list. So what's yeah. helped you keep up with your personal projects? Um, so what kind of software are you using for your project management? Okay. So, um, okay. So I'll ask, uh, it's, it was called Glip and now it's like Ring Central, which is so dumb, but that's like what it is. And it's a free project management software. So you can create a, a project, you can create tasks, they have a calendar view and you can move things around. So I, working in the corporate world, I was used to something like that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I just kind of stay kind of on yeah. track or it I, help, does it help you project like, Hey, I'm going to have this blank space. I'm going to need yeah. to work on a project then. Yeah. And so what that does is that helps me get it on a calendar, which is one of my, one of my points, but it is, it's one of those things that it's in my face and it also helps me understand how long it's going to take. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, and, and the reality is, is I can just click drag it over, but I'm at least assigning it another date if I miss something. Right. So that's, that's super crucial, I think. So what, this is something you and I talked about. So I wanted to make sure we got this. What is your mindset about these projects? Oh, Personal yeah. So not only is it just a way for me to grow and push myself, which a lot of those personal projects that you saw, um, it just helps me work on hyper focus on something that I've identified that I need to work on. So not only does it help my skill, but then it also, it's this amazing way, as many of you already know, it's just an amazing way for content marketing. And I think we're so sick of being marketed to um, and just the noise level of advertising and marketing gets higher and higher every year. And so it's just a way to provide value, just something like either something to make somebody smile or just, a, you know, tell a story or whatever. So you're providing value for like iShare and, you know, and it just helps um, keep you in top of mind. I feel like one of the things of, as a uh, freelance freelancer is that you're just trying to remind people that you exist a lot of times and you're trying not to do it in a salesy sleazy way. So it just right. definitely helps with having that, these personal projects for content marketing. So for me, it just, it is a priority because it gets the work that I want to do and it's stuff that I can tell naturally tell people about and show online and, and you know, so Dave has, Oh, sorry. No, go for it. I, I was wrapping Dave, up. Dave has a question. It says, Josh, how much of your art do you actually print out for yourself? And I don't know if you're talking about process, Dave. Like during the process, do you print it out while you're working on it? Or do you print out and hang on your walls? So maybe you can clarify, Dave. But ask, but however you want to answer that question. Oh, so like, like art prints? Oh, to or keep a final copy, he says. To keep a final copy. Um, occasionally I do. I mean... So like, this was, you know, what's nice about, this is, a, you know, my postcard. And so, you know, it's nice to have a lot of times my personal work makes it to my business card or my, my uh, postcard. So sometimes that happens. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not, I don't do a whole lot of printing. Um, I used to like have a lot of my solar system art up in my office just to kind of remind <laughs> myself that to keep pushing, but I've just taken it down. It's just a different season. But so I don't normally print a ton of stuff out. Sometimes it forms into like a product as you saw, but not always. 
Okay. All right. So, um, how do you balance how you have three kids you're at home, you're home, you have a home office. You're not going out, right? You have a right. home office. No, I have a home. This is my home. Okay. <laughs> this is your <laughs> right office here. inside your home. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, how do you balance family work and then personal projects? Because sometimes I feel like people feel like, um, I know me and Mark were talking about this uh, earlier today, Mark Bowden in Bermuda. I think it's hard. Like sometimes you're it working. It, how do you, because sometimes you're like, hey, I got to do this personal project. And then you're like, but I need to spend time with my kids. So Yeah. Oh man. And I am, I am so, especially now that my oldest is 16, you kind of see how precious that time is with your kids. And he's a junior. So it's like that time is not gonna, you know, he's going to be moving on here a few years. So it's just, I don't, I never, I, I definitely, there were seasons where I was going freelance where I just had to, um, I just had to make that transition. So there wasn't a ton of family time, but for personal projects, that's why you schedule them out ahead of time. And then I schedule time uh, for me personally, I'm a morning person. So I'm try to wake up like, you know, I was trying to get up an hour earlier than I normally would do. And then for like the first two to three hours, since I'm freelance, I have a little bit of flexibility. I can actually carve out that time and then start working on client work. But then honestly, there's some days where I don't have uh, client work. And so, and I'm doing, you know, if I'm not doing marketing, I can kind of slide these in the cracks as well, which is super helpful. And Dave said that your work deserves print is, is, Oh, and I agree. Totally. Okay, so <laughs> tell us about your list. Tell us about yes. these things that we talked about the other day. Um, kind of the strategy, I think. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so here goes. Can I'm... you hear the noise over there? Uh, 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 I can't. Oh, good. Maybe y'all hopefully can't either, but I'm trying to turn my mic so it's not. Yeah. Good. Okay. So, um, I, the first one is choose wisely. So I'm going to back up like big picture first with personal projects. And I'm directly stealing this from Jake Parker, by the way. So full credit there, but I'm going to expand on more than what he says. So it's kind of, for me, it's like identifying areas that I need to grow in uh, work. I'd like to be doing, or even just opportunities that you see in the marketplace, like for space stuff. It was like, there's an opportunity to make really cool space stuff. And I'm like the guy that gets frustrated in the children's section of bookstores like why does space stuff suck most of the time it's getting better but um you know and then for me it's kind of like not just developing one concept maybe developing a few concepts or allowing one concept to develop over time um, so I don't feel like I always have to be having a personal project all the time but it, there are times understanding the season of life that you're in so if you do if you especially if you have younger kids like it is much more physically exhausting now that we're like, you know, past the halfway point of parenting, my wife and I, it's, it's more mentally exhausting uh, just because of we're into like life choices and relationships. And that's like what our whole, you know, with our kids and things. So it's a, just a different season. Um, and I think the best projects, and this is what Andy, Andy J. Pizza, Andy J. Miller talks about. And it's something that I've always thought too, is build in strategy. So how will this project be used after it's done? Um, uh, is it something that you can market yourself for uh, future work? Uh, can it be a workshop? Can it be a book? Can it be a product? Does it have a life afterwards? And I don't want to get too hung up there because you want to get into the creation and discovering what the project is, but just kind of make notes about like, what can this do afterwards? 
And then I think you kind of have to lose the, the second thing is lose the rose colored glasses. Mm. We're playing the long game. Um, this is, it's, this project may not launch you into this huge success, but it's like, what is that thing that you can get out of this personal project? Even if it's just drawing serial characters and <laughs> sometimes that's what you need in this, that season of life of just something that's fun to work on to just get your creative juices flowing again. But how can it help sharpen the skill and the direction that you want to go? Um, and I think too, just as far as like time, it's like, I think you're always way more optimistic about mm. how much time it's going to take. And I think, Oh, I'll just, I'll get that done in an afternoon and it doesn't happen in an afternoon. So for sure, that's that. And I think to make sure it's the third thing is make sure it's fun. Um, it's something that you can't wait to work on. It's something so like space stuff is a passion of mine. So it was just something like I had to create. And so I just looked forward to like, whether it was after work or the weekend or whatever, just to like, I couldn't wait to start working on it because it was just so much fun. And, you know, I think that pushes you farther. You're going to do better work. And I think when you're passionate about it, it shows in the final piece and people will see that. You were also doing this during your work day. I think that mm -hmm. that's also the other thing is that one of the big things for me, I think that I would just want to push it off to do, but I think right. it's really important. And you actually start your day with this, right? Now I do. Uh, before I just, I would roll into work and that's about all I could do. And so I would have to do it like eat dinner, take a break, have family time. And I'll get a little bit more into that a little bit later, but just have some family time and make sure that that's not getting let go. Cause like I would rather fail at a personal project than fail at parenting. So, right. Right. um, and fail at being a husband and a, and a father. So, um, that to me is, is, is more important. So, you know, don't, it's not something, and I used to, I would beat myself up for not doing, you know, like, Oh, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, but it's like, you know what? that's the season. Your family is important and you mm. can't, you know, if you know, you can't give that up. And so right. for me, like I also have to make a mental shift too of like treat this as a real project. And that was like for the solar, the first hour solar system project, I had to treat it as a real project. So in my mind, it's like, this is going to help me in my long-term growth. So it's got to be a priority. Now, you know, I still have life to live and work and all that out, but I kind of have to make it a priority. And so that's why I invite, I think inviting other people, in for accountability is perfect. So right now I'm in a mastermind illustrator group with, um, you know, three other guys and they're, they're great. So we're like, we have a Slack channel, we're posting progress along the way so they can ask like, how's this thing going? So just mm -hmm. bringing in others for accountability is good. Um, and then I think just clearly define what your goals are and the scope of work within your project. So write that down. And I'm not super organized, <laughs> but when I write that stuff down, it really helps me know, you know, how much time is it going to take? And then I was reading this book finished by John Acuff and he says, write your goal and then cut it in half because it's really like right. you have to be realistic. And if you can't cut it in half, at least extend the appropriate amount of time that you have to have. So, um, yeah. And then point five is plan tasks and resources, break down those projects into smaller tasks, uh, and then get those on a calendar so that I was, I was, I use glip or ring central and then schedule regular time. Like I was saying, like get your, if it's getting up an hour early or staying up after, you know, 
kids go, if you have a family, you kids go to bed, um, that. So it just depends on where your energy is and if you get jazzed at night or in the morning and I'm more of a morning person. So that's what I do. Um, and then give yourself plenty of margin within that schedule too. So Dave's saying he has four kids stops getting too caught up in work. Yeah. Once the little ones are in bed, then that's time is his. And so, yeah. so my husband's like, once you're off the computer, I'm off the computer. He doesn't want me to go back in there yeah. or draw. He just wants me to spend time with him, yeah. which, I, which I totally, totally get. I don't have kids. I just have him. Yeah. So I think you've got to work it. So that's the thing I love so much that really hits home to me is that I need to schedule this in. I need to really plan it make realistic, realistic goals and right. really plan it in. And I really need to work on it first. So if that means getting up earlier, he's totally fine me getting up earlier because he and Mara says that early morning, early morning. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no. And I think the hardest part about that is, and I've just was a recent, recent occurrence to me is just that when you're waking up early or you're trying to do these personal projects, you're breaking old habits and mm. those are hard to kill. And so sometimes it's like, I'm used to like, you know, <laughs> sleeping in or whatever, or I don't, whether it's exercise or whatever you're trying to do, it's just, you're, you're trying to form new habits. And so give yourself some credit that it takes time to develop those new habits. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. And so the sixth thing is identify, this is key for me is identify roadblocks or hurdles and plan around them. So if it is like, I need to wake up early and it's, it may take me a couple of weeks to wake up early before I can actually function to do that. Or, um, this task that I've written down is going to be very difficult for me. So how do I, it's not just, it's something that's necessary for the project, but it's not something that I, I enjoy. Um, you know, just try to kind of identify those things ahead of time because I don't know how many times like I've had little stupid things just like unravel. So like Rudy's flight, I was like trying off, mostly off, but sometimes on just trying to get um, traction on it. And I would do some of the character work and then it would just kind of fade um, out. So once I finally got it on the calendar and go like, you're getting too hung up on mm. character, you're getting too hung up on parts of the project because I'm a perfectionist. But that's where some of that accountability can come in right. with other people, right? Right. And if you can show, share your work along the way, uh, especially for the bigger ones, it not only do you get excited, I don't know, I get excited about the work. And so I'm just like, I want to share it now because I think I'm great. I'm just like, I can't believe I did this or I, <laughs> or this is like something that's cool that I, like I think is cool. Um, and then, um, yeah, and there's, it's always kind of like, especially with like bigger ones that are like cup two, four weeks or more. So there's like always that mid project fatigue and mm. um, that kind of stuff too. So, you know, how do you plan in like, I'm going to get this part and then I'm going to take like a day or two or a week off or whatever. Um, but just try to figure that out. And then the seventh thing is execution. So keeping up with the schedule, which has been like one of my bigger points of failure <laughs> in the past is I would, I would I would plan it all out, but it wouldn't make it to a calendar. And so like, or I'd like miss a date and I wouldn't hold myself accountable and say, okay, you blew that date. That's okay. Life happens. Family things came up, work came up, but make sure that you assign another date to that thing. So it's just like project management 101. Um, and it's just cut and you know, you got to cut yourself some slack. Um, and I think for me, like I am a perfectionist, so I will just like noodle on one thing forever. And so, um, 
John Acuff's like, you know, talks about per- perfectionism in his book finish. And it's like, it would be better for you to cut your goal in half and do something smaller and actually finish it than mm-hmm. get so overwhelmed by a larger goal and then just die in perfectionism. And then you don't actually finish the project. Right. And Jake Parker always talks about a uh, guy who came up with Inktober. He always talks about finish, not perfect. So you kind of like make sure you're going through the tasks and it's in a finished state, but it's not perfect. Cause I can so easily just like over render overdo everything there. And then, um, yeah, so that's, that's that. Seven. It was seven, seven. Okay. Yep. Eight <laughs> is share, invite others in for accountability. Uh, mm-hmm. figure out which platforms you're going to do ahead of time, have an announcement of the personal project too, which is always scary for me. Cause I'm like, Oh crap. Now I'm committed to this. So when, when I did the bite size book, I procrastinated getting that announcement done. Cause I knew that I was going to be on the hook once I, once I did, but I was grateful that I actually got over that hump. And I think when I'm sharing my posts and stuff, this is just more practical post stuff. Like, I'm trying to plan ahead like seven, 10 days so that it feels somewhat recent. But that way, if life happens, I still, still have a plan. I still have a feed and then I can kind of come in. So I plan about every week. I'm just planning every week my posts in general. Are you posting every day or are, are you posting twice a week, three times? My goal is five times a week. I'm content if I post three, okay. <laughs> but somewhere between three and five. Every now and then I'll get into six, but I, I can't. I'm not in that season of life where I can post every day. So those like hundred day projects, I can't do those. Like, you know, Inktober, I struggle with every, yeah. So but I love that you said it's just a season. This is a season right. of your life. You'll be able to do that at one point. It's just yeah. not for you right now, but right now your season is, you know, getting your kids clothed every day and making right. sure that they're have warm coats and right. cool these things. Right. Yeah, being there for relationship advice and things like that right now. Um, so, and then I think too, that's where the, your layer of strategy comes in handy is like when you're sharing it, identify people within your industry, whether it's an email, a DM, and just say, hey, this is something I think you would like. It's something that I'm working on. So I'm like, I'm mailing these like little Rudy's flight booklets. I made little booklets. So yes, it is in print. And so, uh, anyway, I won't show too much, a little bit about the project on the back, but I'm mailing those out to art directors and I'm going to have them at this children's book conference that I'm going to be at this weekend and pass out to art directors. So just try to think about that life beyond whether it's marketing for the work that you want to get, or, um, you have a product, think about that ahead of time and make sure that that's kind of a task on the calendar. I think that's, now I've got two more and that's it. And I know okay. we're just slightly over time. Okay. And I know so, I've been yam- yammering a lot. Number nine. Number nine, lessons learned. Uh, I think you just have to like celebrate like that you finished it. If, um, <laughs> yes. if Celebrate that. Like my friend April who like the our solar system project, I was thinking like I got to go after, you know, I want to make sure I'm relevant, that I'm going to have mm. work in my portfolio. And she said, if you finish that, that is success. And so for me, like success in all of this is that you've finished it and that you've shared it with others with the personal project. That for me is success. And so, um, and then I think sitting down and I've been doing this on the last couple of like, identify what could I've done better? How did it go? How did it zigzag along the way? And then I can learn from there. 
And then the number 10 is rest. We are not a machine. Um, these projects can take a toll, especially if you're sacrificing getting up early or getting up later. Um, I think we, we're finite beings with limited time and energy. So after a project, um, be sure to rest and recharge. It just helps with mental health. You're, you're a whole human being. And I think you get to that point in any project or even just in life where you have that, there's this like law of diminishing returns. I can't remember who said it first, but at some point you're working yourself so hard. And I've been there many times in my career where I've worked myself so hard that my ideas start sucking. My work sucks. It takes twice as long to do something. And so I just think rest is important. Right. And Dave added a little number 11. It's a number 11. Never touch my toys. <laughs> <laughs> I have learned <laughs> after Toy Story 3 that it's okay for my kids to play with my toys. But the rule is, is you have to put it back. <laughs> Good idea. You have to put it back. Um, yeah. So that's it. I, I hope that's helpful. Super <laughs> helpful. Super Sorry for helpful. yammering on for so long, but. So I want to make sure everybody can um, connect with you. So sure. um, I know we didn't finish, but we never finished. So I right. think we did better than we normally do, Josh. So we well, did. Well, that's good. Great. I was, yeah. Okay. That's good. <laughs> so I had plopped you up all your things, but I put them over here and I can't see them. Okay. So I'm going to uh, want to make sure everybody can get to Josh. Let me see here. Um, let me. Maybe it's underneath here. Here it is. Okay. So again, Josh J Lewis, L E W I S.com. Yeah. There's a lot of Josh Lewis's out there and there's even one that's an illustrator, which is extra confusing, but I think Josh Cleland has a chiropractor or something, you know, right. everybody's right. got something. I forgot that. Oh, Oh, so Kim said she purchased your space poster, but forgot to ask if you could sign it. Oh, did you just order it? Yes. Well, okay, I'll make sure to sign it. Okay. If you so just ordered it, I'll make sure to sign it. On pretty much everything, you have Josh J. Lewis. So right. that's Instagram, that's Twitter, and Facebook. So I'm going to plop those up, and they will be on the show notes as well. And then our solar system, which I put, uh, put in the chat earlier, but I'm going to put it again. It's solarsystem.businesscatalyst.com. So for anybody who wants to go there. Yeah. Um, and then on Etsy, Long. you can just search again, Josh, blah, Josh J Lewis. And that's on Etsy. And I'm going to plop that up here again. Thank you so much. I'm, I have more questions of course, but I think the, <laughs> tip, the 10 tips, number 11, I'm sorry, 11 tips when you 11 tips. Thanks for the assist there, Dave. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I think those, those really help. And I really, you know, you have, uh, there were a ton of people here live. I know a ton of people will be watching this and are watching this, please hit uh, like and subscribe. But I think um, you gave us some great advice of just doing life. And it's not always perfect. Um, you can't get so hard on yourself. You just have to start the next hour or the next day uh, anew. And yeah, um, not absolutely. there definitely have been dark times. And I think it's hard when you have kids. It's hard when you have a special needs kid. It's hard when you have a special needs spouse who knows right there's all kinds of things that we we have to deal with um so i just want to tell you thank you for oh. for taking the time to make the list and share it with us i was i actually got totally off on my numbers because i thought number one was five things so i got a ton extra so i can't wait to go back i'm going to write them all down and okay. put them in something so 
I got a lot out of even just number one. <laughs> well, I'm glad, uh, you know, and that's just born out of a bunch of failure and not doing it right. And, you know, sometimes I can pull myself together and I, I, I learn those things all the time. Like I'm working on the second, a bite size book now. And I was just, I wanted to jump into the creation process and I didn't schedule it on a calendar. And so I was having a hard time with traction. And once I finally scheduled out the steps and everything else, so I, I need that list as much as anybody else. <laughs> yeah. And I'm definitely, that's my goal is to schedule some early morning. Amy had a great tip. Um, she said when she was, she was going from working at night to working during the day and she wanted to get up earlier to work on projects, but she just really couldn't. So what she did was she trained herself to get up 10 to 15 minutes early for like two weeks. And then she did another 10 to 15 minutes early and then another 10 to 15 minutes early till finally she was at the time that she wanted to get up, which I think is an absolutely great tip for trying to, um, get to get to where you yeah. want to do, but in those smaller steps, which you kind of talked about as well. Right. Right. Absolutely. And so Doc's just excited about being a redhead over there in the chat. So um, anyway, thank you guys. Thank you, Josh, so much. And um, you can find me at Design Recharge on Twitter and Instagram and wherever else I am. And I just appreciate you guys being part of the family. Thank you so much for coming today, everybody. And Hannah, yeah, I'm glad you, you were able to stay home. And she's sorry. You're well, she, I said, you were, I'm sorry, you're going to miss her birthday, but she's, um, oh, and, and did I put that joshjlewis.com? I just am trying to make sure. Yeah, I you did. It's there. Okay. Yeah. So, well, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say thank you for having me on. And I know, you know, it was great meeting you at Creative South this year. And just so, um, yeah, I just appreciate just having me on and let me share my story. I hope, I really do hope it's helpful to somebody today. So it absolutely will be. And happy birthday to your daughter, Hannah. Yeah, on Saturday, yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, guys, thank you, and we'll see you next week. And, oh, oh, sorry. Wait, I have to say something. So next week, we have Dustin Lee. Dustin is going to – he did a new um, – he got to do some stuff with lynda.com, which is now LinkedIn Learning or whatever. I hope – I think that's – everybody knows that, right? Uh, anyway, if you didn't, Linda got bought out by LinkedIn. Yeah. So, so anyway – um, so he did the passive income for designers. So he's doing it in another platform. Um, and so I, we're going to talk about some of those things. And then that same day for anybody <laughs> in mobile, um, and online, you can come, it'll be really late for you though, Dave. Um, what's happening is we're going to do a in-person design recharge. So obviously in Colorado, you can't, I mean, you could, you could come in person, but we're going to do, so you can still join in from wherever you are for anybody who's not in Mobile or Pensacola, but then anybody who is, we're going to do a live version. So if you want to come to the live version, it's at the University of South Alabama at 6 p.m. in room 115 in the Visual Arts Complex, and I would love to have you there. So if you're not, if you can't come live, I mean in person, but you still want to come live, there will be a link, and it's um, you'll get a, a thing tomorrow, tomorrow's Thursday, telling you about it and I'm interviewing three people. So it's about the emerge AIGA emerge has this uh, focus in September on emerging designers and illustrators and where it's, this is really kind of um, uh, gearing up for your career. And um, I can't remember what we call it, supercharging or something. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but we're going to be talking to um, 
Jeffy Thomas, who's in Philadelphia. We're going to be talking to Abby. I can't pronounce her last name, but I will on Friday because I'm learning how to say it. Bacalum, whatever. Anyway, she's an amazing animator, and she is from here in Mobile, but she lives in New York City. And then um, Pim Her, who is in, I can't remember where she's from originally, maybe New York somewhere, New York State, not the city. And um, But that, I could be wrong. And she is in Washington, D.C. And these are all younger designers, not necessarily younger by age, but younger in their place in the field. And so it's hopefully it'll be encouraging. Uh, so two design recharges next Wednesday. So that's it. And thank you so much, Josh, for being here. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Okay. <laughs>